Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I'm so excited to be talking to you guys about a game right What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name's Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory. It's the game preview edition for the AFC Championship. The third straight year you're here does not get old at all. I am so excited to be talking about your defending and still defending world champion Kansas City Chiefs. Going to be a lot of fun. We're going to get into all all things Chiefs Bills. And here to help me do it are my dear pals. First find them on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Maddie Lane, you said something interesting in the pregame show. You said this is about as nervous as you've been in the last two playoffs. Yeah, I had no doubts that the Chiefs were going to beat Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Deshaun Watson in the playoffs. Like I don't think those quarterbacks, given their teams had a real chance to beat the Chiefs in a playoff game. This game, I don't think Josh Allen's as good as Patrick Mahomes, but I think there's a chance he can play good enough for a single week that he can keep pace, if not outperform, Patrick LeVon Mahomes in a particular game. So yeah, out of all of these games, out of all the playoff games over the last two years, I do think this is kind of the most dangerous, kind of biggest test. It is. It's a little bit nervous. Coming off of a Super Bowl win, that helps calm the nerves a little bit, but still... That's last year now. You know, I'm a football guy here. We move on to the next year as soon as that calendar hit uh, May or whatever they like to say. So, yeah, I'm a little nervous for this game. I think it'll be a good one, but I don't have the same level of confidence I've had for all the other games. I don't think my co-host here with me believe the same thing. Is that not right, the Renaissance man, as you dance in your chair about how good you're feeling? Man, I'm hyped for this game. I really am. And no, I'm still living the fan Super Bowl life over here. I did not move on from it. I am enjoying every second of this. This is your Super Bowl champion in the AFC Championship again against an awesome team. I agree with Matty. Like, this is probably the best team that they faced in a long, long, long time. This is, guys, these are the four best teams in the NFL. And I think pretty comfortably. This season, uh, they're the four best teams in the NFL. Sometimes you get to the AFC Championship game and a guy, you know, a team slips in there, gets hot at the right time. These are the four best teams in the NFL this weekend. The Chiefs are one of them. The Bills are one of them. We're going to run it down. I am so amped to get to Sunday because this is going to be an excellent game. We're going to run we're going to run it down and the Chiefs are going to run it back. Let's talk Ooh. about the offset, offensive side of the football first. Uh, and we would we do this every week, but we would do it especially this week because all eyes are on Patrick Lavon Mahomes. It does appear, and probably we're probably going to get reports uh, by the time this show releases or close to the. You might have it might already be out there by the time you listen to this show. It does appear that Patrick Lavon Mahomes is going to be playing. I would be absolutely stunned if something happens that keeps Patrick Mahomes from being able to play this game. 
But I think that's where it starts, and it's not just about you know whether or not you know the, the, there's the there's the concussion protocol he's going through. It's the foot issue. Are we going to see it hinder him at all? Are we going to see it affect him in any way, shape, or form? That's one of the questions you got to watch early on and, and see how Patrick Mahomes looks at the beginning of this game. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be the absolute biggest question. If he doesn't look like himself, I think the nerves are going to go through the roof for a lot of Chiefs fans. But frankly, the fact that he's practiced now two days in a row in a quote-unquote limited capacity. I love how he practiced in full yesterday, but because he was in the concussion protocol, they had to go back and revise it to say that he was limited because I think he's going to be fine. I don't think that there's going to be a big lasting effect from that hit or from the fact that he was a little bit wobbly or anything like that. I think he's just legitimately going to be fine. I think they're going to put him full of painkillers, get that toe in the best possible shape as, you know, as they can. Like, this is going to be the best version of Patrick Mahomes that can be on the field this Sunday. He might be just a little bit banged up, but you know he's going to go out there and he's going to do everything in his power. The adrenaline's going to hit. He's going to be just fine. I'm not worried about him out there. So I think we're going to see a big, big, big game because frankly, that's all he does in the playoffs. I think people, when they kind of look forward to this game, are reminded that Josh Allen maybe played subpar versus the Chiefs in their matchup earlier in the season. What they forget is that Patrick Mahomes was 21 of 26 in that game. Everybody remembers that the Chiefs ran the ball well, and it was their best running game of the year, and it felt like they were just running the ball down the Bills' throats. Let me repeat that again. Patrick Mahomes was 21 of 26. He helped the Chiefs execute on 9 out of 14 third down opportunities. He was excellent versus the Bills. He absolutely destroyed them. It was just overshadowed slightly because they happened to have a good running game as well. The Bills were playing to let the Chiefs run, which they did. Patrick Mahomes didn't care. He still had an absolutely amazing game versus the Bills. So if you get anywhere close to that level of Patrick Mahomes, who should have that kind of confidence because of what's happened before, because of how easy it was versus the Browns, he comes out as long as he looks good, it can move well. I think everything's going to be flowing. I think the Chiefs will get a lot of energy from him going out there, being able to play. I think they get a lot of energy from him anyway. Heck, maybe if his toe is slightly uncomfortable, that calms him down to start the game because we do happen to see Patrick Mahomes comes out a little too hot sometimes in the first quarter of a playoff game. Yeah, no, maybe that is. I do think, first off, I do 100% agree. I think Patrick Mahomes, he's always an energy giver. I think that undoubtedly is the case this time around too. I think... um, him being out there, him having the kind of energy he does, him, you know, the storylines and all that stuff around this, he's going to be a driving factor, obviously. Who Don't forget what he was doing against those Browns. Do not forget how good Patrick Mahomes looked early. He was carving them up. They provided little resistance. And I didn't see any – the only thing stopping him was that toe and then being put in protocol. My man was going to go off. Every, I, saw someone, I saw someone today or a couple days ago talking about how the Chiefs have it, had a uh, multiple score win and they were about to beat the brakes off the Browns last week. Get out of here with all that. This team, they, they were better than the scoreboard looked. I think the game script was about to be way out there pretty quick if the, if the Browns weren't careful. 
I think they could have got boat raced. I mean, the only time the Browns stopped Patrick Mahomes was when there was a missed kick during that playoff game. So yeah, that game was about to be a bloodbath. And I mean, it still wasn't quite as close as it looked. But yeah, it was about to go down very poorly. So anybody who wants to say Patrick Mahomes isn't playing as good as these other quarterbacks or anything like that right now, no, go back and watch Keep the game doubting. again. Yeah, y'all thought? Keep doubting. Y'all thought? We might be puffing our chests out on Sunday night. Y'all forgot about Pat. Do we need to have another reminder again? I think we need another reminder, Craig. Let's do it on Sunday. Okay. How about Patrick LeVon Mahomes, the best player in the world? Mm-hmm. Better than Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. the guy in mm-hmm. green on the NFC side of the game, on, on the NFC side? Better than Josh Allen? Better than Tom Brady? The best football player in the world is coming on Sunday. He, You can cut his toe off. My man is going off. We're not even at game predictions. I'm already hyped. Let's not cut Patrick's toe off, please. <laughs> no, please, please don't. Please. But you are you get the point. You get the point. I do. I get the point. He's gonna come I, out and he's gonna the Chiefs gonna, are about to get all the points. Yeah, the Chiefs are gonna get all the points because Patrick <sighs> Mahomes is going to show up and play at a very high level against this Bills defense. This happened to me the last day of C Championship game pod preview. I came in with just like pretty somber. I, you know, I, I probably, I kind of stayed relatively even keel. And then a couple things just, just triggered me. Mm-hmm. The, the anxiety, the stress goes away on this pod. Every, se- like, <laughs> well, I'm getting used to it now. And I'm going to be used to it because we have the best player in the world, our football team. I, I'm not stressed at all. I'm feeling good every, every second we talk, I'm getting a little bit more energy. Craig is literally dancing, guys. The champs are feeling themselves. The, mm, I, I'm, I gotta hold a few. I'm, you know what? I'm gonna pull Andy Reid. I'm gonna hold a few things back and save it because we gotta keep moving here, and we got more subject lines to talk about. And I'm pretty sure it's gonna derail. We're just gonna start puffing our chest out and get a little swag to us if we're not careful. But let's talk about something boring. Running the football <laughs> has nothing to do with Patrick Levon Mahomes, but the Buffalo Bills presented a lot of light boxes to this team. Oh, this is going to do... I'm just telling you. I'm, uh-oh. The adrenaline's starting to pump a little bit here, boys. But anyways, back to running the football, Maddie. The Chiefs are going to be running into light boxes a lot. I could see the Buffalo Bills replicating what they tried to do the last time with this team. The Kansas City Chiefs, by the way, you present light boxes and Daniel Kilgore uh, and company will make you pay because that's what they had last time to the tune of 246 yards. Clyde Edwards-Lair, 161 yard, yards rushing the last time these two teams played, but it was because the Bills were inviting it. I would not be stunned if they did it again, Natty. But I think if the Buffalo Bills are smart, they would absolutely do it again. I don't think there's any reason to change your game plan. It's not like the Chiefs lit the scoreboard up against you as well as we just you know, I just said Patrick Mahomes played and Clyde Edwards-Lair was. It wasn't like they got the brakes blown off in the game. It wasn't as close as the scoreboard says, but they didn't get blown out. So don't why, tell Bills fans that. Why would they not come back and do the same thing? They're a little bit healthier. You know, they're getting some guys back on the defensive line. Matt Milano playing over AJ Klein makes a significant difference in terms of the speed and the ability to diagnose a run play. So maybe the RPO game doesn't hit quite as well as it did first the Bills the first time around. But I, so I imagine the Bills do the same thing. Here's the kicker. That was the Chiefs offensive line that was playing three guys for their first significant snaps on the field at the same time together, and they still ran the ball over the Buffalo Bills. I don't care if it's Clyde or Delaire. I don't care if it's Le'Veon Bell or Dirty Daryl. We have to call him Dirty Daryl now, Kent. Sorry, your nickname has been retired. Daryl, pause, the barrel. Sorry, continue. 
Dirty Daryl, it doesn't matter who it is, when they face the light boxes, you know, they'll get five, six yards of carry. They have no problem pounding the rock if that's what you're going to give up. They have no problem taking the short stuff. We just saw it versus the Browns. I do think the Bills will try to do that, and I do think the Chiefs will find some success running. Will it be for 180 yards again or whatever it was? Probably not, but you'll see a game like you had against the Browns where they're averaging six yards of carry, and they pull off some big runs when it matters. Yeah. I foresee something very similar to that. Leslie Frazier even mentioned it in his presser, talked about how, you know, last time we played some light boxes, but you kind of have to against this Chiefs offense. So, I mean, he he kind of alluded to the fact that that might happen again. And frankly, it should, because they don't have the secondary with the speed in it to be able to hang with these guys, to hang with Travis Kelsey, to hang with Tyreek Hill. I mean, nobody realistically does, but there are some teams that do have a little bit better athletes back there, and they trust them to be able to play and trust them to line up and take away guys on occasion so they can come up and try and get some of these early stops. The Chiefs offense is moving the ball better in the run game. You saw them blow open some giant holes against the Browns. I mean, dirty barrel out there really looked pretty darn good running behind that offensive line. I know the Browns defense is not phenomenal, but frankly, the Bills defense is not terrific either. They're better than the Browns, but they're not awesome. I foresee a lot of light boxes. I foresee a lot of success for the Chiefs running backs. I think that that's going to help them stay ahead of the sticks. And that's bad news for the Browns or for the Bills because Patrick Mahomes is going to come out and he's going to sling it all over the yard still. That's not going to stop him. They're going to put the offensive prowess on display this week, and you're going to see a lot of times where the Chiefs get the look they want and they're going to run the ball and they're going to run it successfully. I think if you know the Chiefs are going to just have to run the football down the field. Red zone offense is going to be huge for this football team because I think the Bills are going to obviously tighten up when it gets into the red. They're going to try to force field goals. And, you know, if, if they're just going to kind of let them run between the 20s, you got to execute in the red zone. Uh, and that obviously explosive plays would help. I mean, a few explosive plays here there. I think the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs, despite the best efforts of the Buffalo Bills, are going to pop one, maybe more. I really do think that they're going to generate an explosive play. All right. I think, you know, how the Bills are able to disrupt Patrick LeVon Mahomes and what they do to do that is going to be a very fascinating thing, Maddie. We've seen some teams just rush for. We've seen some teams try to add to that rush. It doesn't always work. In fact, Patrick Mahomes is one of the best players against the Blitz. What do you think the Bills are going to try to do here? The Bills are another one of these teams that are in a little bit of a pickle because they don't have a very good four-man pass rush. The, their season-long leader in pressures is Jerry Hughes sitting at 22. That's not very high for the guy getting the most pressures. Then after that, it becomes kind of a barrage of guys that are part-time players at Oliver, Mario Addison, linebacker, AJ Klein, all are just barely creeping over into the double digits. So they don't generate a ton of pressure. They don't blitz very often. They're not a team that, especially as the year's gone on, they've blitzed less and less as the year's gone on. So I assume they're going to play coverage. That seems to be the rational thing for them to do at this point in time. But you can't give Patrick Mahomes an infinite amount of time back there. And that's kind of what happened the last time the Chiefs played the Bills is he wasn't under a ton of pressure, even with that ad-lib offensive line. So the Bills, I would expect them to try to bring a few more third-down blitzes, a more situational pressures, try to catch the... Chiefs sleeping a little bit. The Browns did a decent job of that when we played them. They even got Patrick Mahomes on one of them where he was a little late to see a blitz coming in late and ended up hurrying up the play along. So the Bills will probably take the same page out of that same book. The problem is when they only rush four, 
If they're playing coverage, they better have really good coverage because they are not going to get pressure with just four guys. No, they're going to get less pressure than the Browns did, who had Miles Garrett, one of the best pass rushers in the league. The 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 Bills don't have a player like that. Now, they do have Ed, Ed Oliver on the interior. He's a good football player, but he hasn't lived up to some of the high potential that the people have kind of saddled him with so far in his career. They're going to really struggle to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes, and I think Andy Reid is going to protect Patrick a little bit. He doesn't want him getting hit. He doesn't want him taking anything extra here. I think you may see a little quicker you know drops things like that maybe move him a little bit try and get him into space where he's not taking so many hits where he's not having to undergo you know fire but like Matty said that four-man rush is nothing that's really all that scary so you're not going to be terribly worried about it outside of some blitzes Tremaine Edmonds is a freak athlete he doesn't have a ton of quarterback hits doesn't have a ton of sacks but this would be a perfect game to try and dial him up as a late blitzer because he's got the explosion and the speed to do it but that's also a problem too for the bills because Patrick Mahomes is awesome against the blitz so I mean as a Chiefs fan you would welcome that situation all right players to watch who we got on your side there Craig I'm going with Eric Fisher because we just talked about the pass rush there. Jerry Hughes is probably going up against Fisher. Fisher needs to have a good game because if Jerry Hughes gets eliminated, there's not going to be a ton of pressure coming from this Buffalo Bills defensive line. And Patrick Mahomes should be able to sit back, let Demarcus Robinson come late on some of these scramble drills across the middle. Let Tyreek Hill get open deep. Let Travis Kelsey find the soft spots in the zones. You know, the guys that they've relied on and these deeper, longer drops, that's where he can go to. That's where they can pick up some chunk yardage. I think that if Eric Fisher has a great game, which he had a good one against the Browns, I think if he continues that, then we are going to be talking about how this Chiefs team kind of bullied that front four a little bit and you know, also last year in the playoffs, I picked Eric Fisher every game and that seemed to work out. So let's go with that. Oh, for me, and it's kind of cheating to just kind of take the really good players, but this is also playoff time. So your players to watch are usually going to be your stars because that's what matters. So I'm taking Tyree Kill. I think he had a good game versus the Browns. I would expect much, much more of the same here versus the Bills. This Bills secondary, it's not built for speed. All of their defensive backs are mid 4-5 kind of 40-yard dash. I mean, Levi Wallace and Josh Norman might run in the 4-8s at this point in time of their career. I mean, the, their fastest player in their defense might be Tremaine Edmonds, their linebacker. So Tyreek Hill's speed is going to be a weapon out there. They're going to have to respect it with the safety help over the top, playing cornerbacks off of them. We see it every time you get Tyreek Hill in that slot at the 3-by-1 formation. Who's going to run with him across the field? I think the Bills are going to be put into some situations where they're going to have to have these slower corners that are more zone corners turn and run with the fastest player, the best deep threat in the NFL. And I think Kent said it earlier, the Chiefs are going to break a big one. I wouldn't be surprised if it was Tyree Kill this week just because he is a nightmare matchup for a team that lacks this much speed on the in the defensive secondary. Tyree Kill at 20 yards the last time these two teams play. He's getting that on his first touch this game. Calling my shot. I'm going with Clyde Edwards-Lair. I talked a little bit about him earlier. 26 carries, 161 yards the last time these two teams played. I believe that was his career high for rushing yards in a game this year. Um, He's going to be back. Uh, It's going to be fascinating to see what the workload looks like for him. But I think whatever you get out of him is going to be more than welcome. And I think he is the best running back on this football team. I really do. Um, 
no no discrediting a guy uh, in, in Daryl Williams. I think he's performed admirably. I think I think Clyde Edwards-Helaire presents a lot more uh, to this football team, more in the passing game, uh, a little bit more juice, a little bit more vision in the running game. He's not just putting his head down and getting what's there. So I think, you know, the last time these two teams matched up, he had – this is the last time actually he went over 100 yards. It's the only time all season he went over 150 yards. And he had averaged 6.2 yards per carry. You're going to invite it. He's going to make you pay. All right, we're going to take a break, and we will be back to talk about the defense right after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge – that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're talking about the defensive side of the football. Chiefs, Brown, uh, Chiefs, Bills, AFC Championship game. Feels good to be back. And if the Chiefs are going to run it back, the defensive side of the football has to play well, and they got to figure out how to handle Stephon Diggs, Craig. Yeah, no disrespect to Josh Allen, but Stephon Diggs is the best player on this team. He is an outrageously good wide receiver that can beat the Chiefs at every single level. That being said, the Buffalo Bills may be without Gabe Davis, who is their biggest deep threat this year, believe it or not, on a yards per target, and also maybe Cole Beasley out of the slot. If that's the case, the Chiefs can commit some serious numbers to defending Stephon Diggs, Press him at the line of scrimmage, shade a safety over the top of him, and know that you've got that vertical help. Maybe have your hook defender sit a little more inside just in case. Give him that extra attention and trust that your other guys are going to be able to handle the other guys because Stefan Diggs is going to be able to find some success against this Chiefs defense. That's just how it is. It doesn't matter what they do to take him away, even though they're excellent against wide receiver ones, one of the best teams in the league at defending top-flight wide receivers. Still doesn't matter. Stephon Diggs is that kind of receiver, 
and he's going to get volume against Bashad Breeland if he can play. Charvarius Ward, Legereus Sneed, Rashad Fenton. If Rashad Fenton can play, otherwise they're going to get me getting really far into their depth, and that should terrify Chiefs fans some more. But Stephon Diggs is an elite player that they're just going to have to commit to a bracket for large portions of this game. Having those other guys not in the game is going to make that a lot easier on them. The biggest thing that can benefit the Chiefs is if we get a referee group that is going to allow them to play super physical because the Chiefs outside corners cannot run with Stephon Diggs. He's faster than them. He's quicker than them. He's in and out of the breaks. But if these guys are allowed to get physical to line of scrimmage, if they're allowed to hang on the wide receivers a little bit, fight with them through the stem, like some happens in some games, not all the time. The Ravens got kind of lucky. They were able to play these receivers really physical when they played last week. It helped limit how often Stefan Diggs was able to get open. Now, he's an excellent receiver. I still think he's playing the best out of any wide receiver in the NFL right now. So he's still going to get open when you do that. But I think that can limit how big of a game he can have if you can let the big physical corners of the Chiefs really get up in his face, challenge him all the way through the rep. If you get a referee group that's calling the game a little bit tighter, a little bit more by the book, you're going to be in a lot of trouble if you're the Chiefs. We've seen that this year. We've seen Breland and Charvarius Ward get abused by defensive penalties all the time throughout pass coverage. That first game, that first game was actually one of those tighter called games and they got some some flags on the Chiefs secondary, yeah. Yeah, so if that happens again, that's going to be a problem. Now, last year throughout the playoff run, the Chiefs spent a lot of effort from their safeties helping these outside corners. They haven't done that quite as much this year and I think you saw Rashad Higgins kind of take advantage of that last week versus the Browns. I don't think the Chiefs are going to return entirely to that outside corner protection scheme, but shading a deep safety over them, especially with a tighter called game, giving that bracket coverage help, forcing John Brown, a hobbled Cole Beasley to beat you, I think would 100% be the move. Take a book page out of Bill Belichick's book. Put multiple guys on Stefan Diggs, please. Make someone else beat you. Especially if Cole Beasley is out. Uh, last time these two teams played, and Grant and Josh Allen only completed 14 passes and threw it 27 times, the only there was there was two guys that had more than one catch for the Bills the last time these two play, two teams played. It was Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley. So if Cole Beasley is not able to play, if something happens here, if he's not the full strength, they really didn't get a lot of pass production on guys outside of of Diggs and Beasley. And the Chiefs did a really good job with Beasley uh, with Diggs last time around. Four catch or six catches for forty six yards. That's a really nice number. Um, they. Almost doubled them in penalties, though. So that could be some of those penalties that you're talking about. The Chiefs had 70 yards, roughly 70 yards in penalties to the the Bills' 40. So the Chiefs were a little bit more aggressive. But I do, you know, this is the playoffs. I do think they might let them play a little bit outside, be a little bit more physical. And if that happens, that is undoubtedly advantage Kansas City Chiefs. Um, One of the things you got to worry about here, too, is you're thinking about, you know, how much resources are you going to devote to, you know, trying to to stay over the top of a guy like Stephon Diggs? Are you going to try to make him play left-handed and take him away? So do the Chiefs even worry about the run, Craig? I mean, no, frankly. Since the Bills have lost Zach Moss, the guy that they kind of trusted to hand the ball off a lot to towards the end of the season, Devin Singletary is not touching it. Like, I think everybody remembers that the Bills didn't call a design run but once in the first half against the Ravens. 
against the Colts, I think everybody's forgetting they barely ran the ball as well. Like they weren't, they are not putting a big focus on running the ball right now, even with Devin Singletary lined up back there. So he's in the backfield a lot. They're not giving him the ball. They're not really even throwing him the ball either. It's largely to Cole Beasley, Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, you know, Dawson Knox. So no, frankly, I think this is a game where you can get your pass rush to tee off. Don't have them have to worry as much about the running game. Yes, of course, the Bills can run it, and they can find a little bit of success if they want to. But for the Chiefs, I think the game plan can kind of go out the window a little bit, knowing that they're not going to po- focus on running the ball. If Devin Singletary starts to beat you on the ground, then maybe you make the small tweak, adjust things, but know that Josh Allen is going to try and get the ball out quickly. He's going to try and throw it to these guys, all of these weapons. Tee off. Try and get your four-man rush going early on in this game. The Chiefs did not sack Josh Allen last time these two teams played. If they don't have to focus on trying to stop the run nearly as much as they did in that week six matchup, all of a sudden maybe you start to see some hits on Josh Allen. We know how that's going to go. Josh Allen will struggle a little bit, especially in inclement weather. Devin Singletary had 21 of his, what is it, 25 rush yards last week, which led the team versus the Ravens and one drive to start the second half. And it amped up the Buffalo Bills offensive line because they finally got a run block. Those guys are so starved for wanting to run block that they got pumped because they actually called three runs out of like eight plays. No. You don't play the run at all against the Bills. You challenge them to beat you by running the ball. You literally do what the Bills did to the Chiefs earlier this year. If they're going to come out here and attempt to run the ball for 160 yards, you tip your cap and say, I think my quarterback can outscore that. There is absolutely no chance, I, if I were the Chiefs, that I would dedicate hardly any time to figure out how to stop the Bills' rushing attack, spend time trying to make sure that the box is even and that you don't have you know a major disadvantage let them run the football. The only thing at running that concerns me a little bit is the Chiefs linebackers trying to contain Josh Allen. Maybe you do have to throw a little bit more contain rush out there because he is athletic. He hurt the Chiefs a few times when they did plan this last time with his running ability. Keep him contained. Let Devin Singletary try to run the ball between the tackles all game long. Yeah, and the Bills don't exactly have a lot of depth at their running back position anymore. They lost one of their running backs, one of their with their key backs, uh, earlier in the playoffs. So they don't have Zach Moss, their rookie. They they've kind of leaned on Devin Singletary recently, and I mean, seven carries for twenty five yards. T.J. Elding got two carries for four yards. I mean, <laughs> it's not exactly a murderer's row there. Uh, okay, Josh Allen is an ascending football player. He's a very good football player, and it's really cool to see what the Bills have done to maximize his talents. He's a tough, diverse football player. He's going to be tough to defend. What do you got to do here, Maddie? Mix things up. Make Josh Allen think. Make him figure out what's going on. Versus the Colts, they run a relatively static defense. Josh Allen, I'm not saying he's played great versus the Colts, but he was good. He knew what to expect. Everything went exactly how he expected. He played a pretty good football game. The Ravens came out, threw in a curveball, and decided to play coverage instead of trying to blitz. Josh Allen looked like a lost puppy for some a good chunk of the time out there. He was struggling to figure out where the ball needed to go. He was struggling with his accuracy when he did finally let it go. It's much of how he looked against the Chiefs earlier this year. Mix things up. 
keep Josh Allen from knowing what's happening pre-snap, post-snap, made him change his read once the ball is snapped, get back there, have to reread the defense, because I still don't think he's great at it. I think he's a very reactive quarterback still to this day, if you make him think about things and consider what he's doing. And more than that, I don't know if Josh Allen's ready for the big moment yet. He looked like a guy that was a little bit in the deer in headlights last year, and I don't think he ever really calmed down. If it wasn't for a 100-yard pick six against the Ravens, I think you might have been on the verge of seeing Josh Allen have a very, very poor game that cost the Bills a chance to win that game. He just never looked right. He never looked comfortable. Make him uncomfortable. I would play coverage. I would especially try to force Josh Allen to throw it deep. I think his accuracy really wanes when he has to throw the ball deep. He's got a strong arm, but he is he will uncork the ball 20 yards past his receiver on the drop of a dime and smile about it. Like He's happy to do that. Play coverage. Still, you have to send blitzes at him. You have to make him feel uncomfortable. Simulated pressure, real pressure. Bring it from everywhere. Bring it at different times. Make him second guess when the ball is hiked if pressure's coming or not, even if you default to playing coverage more frequently than actually blitzing him. Hey, Maddie, what's the best thing that Steve Spagnuolo does in the secondary? He likes to uh, mix things up a little bit, Greg. Oh, boy, yeah. So that sounds like a good week for Steve Spagnuolo to do what he does best. Steve Spagnuolo is the king at disguising coverages, getting guys with late rotations, getting guys into places where the quarterback isn't expecting them to be. That's part of the reason why they are so good against wide receiver ones, because he will show shaded bracket pressure or bracket coverage over that receiver and rotate that guy in the middle of the field. And the quarterback will read initially the wrong read and switch and Get lost. You see quarterbacks do it all the time. He's able to confuse, especially young quarterbacks that haven't seen a lot of what he's bringing. He's able to confuse them fairly regularly. I expect the same this week. I expect big games out of Legereus Sneed, Tyron Matthew, even Dan Sorensen. A lot of those plays where they can drop into some throwing lanes, where they can force Josh Allen to have to pull it down and read because he will pull it down and he will get on the mood to try and extend plays. If you can take some of those early reads away from him, you can force him out of the pocket a little bit more. And since you've got your four-man rush not having to worry about the run as much, you can have those guys get up field a little more maybe. Like Matty was saying, play some contain rush. Force Josh Allen to beat you with his legs. He can do it. But you'll take that 10 times out of 10 versus him hitting some deep strikes with Stephon Diggs, some stuff over the middle with Cole Beasley. Just go out there, disguise the coverages to the best of your ability, and take advantage of what Steve Spagnuolo's big, wide, broad book of coverages can bring to your defense. I think Josh Allen can and will be sped up a little bit this game. And I know, oh, he's so good against the Blitz. He threw 19 touchdowns against the Blitz. I watch him, and I don't think he processes things as quickly as some of the other top-tier guys. And this is not a knock on Josh Allen. What this man has done to this point has been phenomenal. I'm very impressed with him. I really enjoy watching him, and I'm glad I've been wrong about him. But I also think that there are some – I think he's been toeing the line all year. I think, yes, he has not turned the ball over as much. Yes, you know he's been more accurate down the field. I think he's been toeing the line a little bit, though. I think there is a little bit of him that, like, there's a fine line between that madness and brilliance, and Mahomes knows it better than anybody. I don't think Josh Allen has a good feel for it. I think there's going to be a few plays, a handful of plays in this game, where Josh Allen is going to 
make a mistake, do something out of what he's capable of doing, try a little bit too hard, try to create. Maybe Mahomes puts a little pressure on him by starting fast, and Josh Allen feels the need to continue to you know try to, to hang with him. That's when there could be some big moments in this game where, where Josh Allen tries to play above his head. And I think that you're right. Get him thinking, get him sped up, and he's going to make some mistakes. I really do believe that. I'm 100% with you guys on that. All right, players to watch on the defensive side. Craig? As much as I'd like to pick one of the guys in the middle of the field that is definitely getting an interception this week, Woo! I'm going with a guy on the outside, Charvarius Ward. Coming off of a game where he got volume targets thrown his way, he struggled a little bit to find the ball. This is the perfect time to show up in the playoffs, find the ball against Stephon Diggs, use that length, use that physicality, make him work to get off the line, make him work to get vertical, make John Brown work to get vertical, and then get your head around, use that length, Shut down windows. If Charvarius Ward has a good game, this is going to be a ridiculously long day for Josh Allen, especially if he's missing Gabe Davis and with a hobbled Cole Beasley. Charvarius Ward having a good game could shut down some of that, you know, intermediate boundary throws that Josh Allen likes to target, likes to hit and convert third downs. Get off the field. Have Charvarius Ward be the guy that is the volume target guy that quarterbacks are targeting in the playoffs and have him show up and come up with three, four PBUs. This is the week for it. That might send you to the Super Bowl right there. So my guy was going to be Legereus Sneed for trying to shut down Cole Beasley. We talked about it last week with Jarvis Landry, but I don't think that's fair if Cole Beasley is going to be a little bit limited. I don't know if that's going to be as important of a segment for the Bills offense. So I'm going to do Juan Thornhill. I think the Bills really like their light offensive personnel. I think they run the most, most 10 personnel in the NFL. They actually hurt defenses pretty bad with it. That's going to push extra DBs on the field. Juan Thornhill came off maybe his best game in a while for the Kansas City Chiefs. He played aggressive. He played downhill. He looked a little bit more comfortable playing near the line of scrimmage versus deep and then having to react. I liked what I saw. He's getting on the field more again this week versus the Bills. I think you could be in line for another good Juan Thornhill game, especially just with his ability to have his ball skills and as long as his athleticism is returning. Just looking out for a big Juan Thornhill game. He had to miss the Super Bowl last year, and he talked about it a lot and how it upset him. I think he really wants to get back and wants to be a part of it this year. Frank Clark's had a pretty up-and-down year, and he's received a lot of criticism. Not all of it completely warranted, but there definitely has been some regression to what he did the previous year. But last year when the Chiefs needed a closer, Frank Clark shut the door. On the Tennessee Titans. I want to see it again. I want Frank Clark to to come out and close this game out. This is, a, you know, I think this could be a game where it's relatively tight and the Chiefs need a big play late. I think Frank Clark's the guy. How about a forced fumble on Josh Allen? Strip sack forced fumble on Josh Allen to close out this game. That's the vibe I'm feeling I think Frank Clark's going to get off the edge here on, a, on one of these plays late in the game. And he's going to have something to say in the post game, and it's going to be an absolute delight. Oh, it, it won't top last year's. Nah. It, it can't top last year's, but I'm here for it. Unless he's just going to like just pull up Twitter. <laughs> and just like... <laughs> just start... Just start going through his mentions. Or, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll be funny. All right, guys. 
We're used to this. We've been here. Prediction time for the AFC Championship game. I think the Chiefs are going to come out on offense, and I think they're going to move the ball very similarly to how we saw them move the ball against the Buffalo or against the Cleveland Browns. They're going to line up. They're going to be able to move the ball pretty much at will. They're going to punch some touchdowns into the end zone. I know that the media is worried about Patrick Mahomes' health, and some people, you know, on Twitter, some Chiefs fans are as well that may be listening to this. I'm not in the least bit. I am very comfortable with the way that Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to come out and play football. I think they're going to move the ball, and I think that they're going to score points early, and I think the Chiefs' defense is going to, after maybe a first drive, maybe a second drive, I think they're going to come up with consecutive stops on some drives in the first half, and then I think it's going to be a little bit back and forth in the third, in the fourth quarter. I think it's going to come down, and it's going to be a tense game at the end because... It's the Chiefs, and these are two really good teams. But I think the Chiefs comes out come out on top in a high-scoring game, 35-31. to 31. I think when you get into the playoffs, it doesn't matter necessarily how good an offense or defense has been during the regular season. Everything changes in the playoffs. Everything, situational coaching becomes the key. It becomes what matters more than anything else. And I think that's what's made the Chiefs so dangerous is not only do you have this high-octane offense that's good at everything, but then you have Steve Spagnuolo, who's been one of the better game-specific situational defensive coordinators over the last two years. I think you kind of see it. Every game they play, he's got a new wrinkle ready for the specific team he is playing. I think that's how this game starts. I think Steve Spagnuolo puts that Bills offense on their heels a little bit. I think he does rattle Josh Allen early. I think Josh Allen begins to look a little scared, a little over his head. There's just too much talent on that Bills team to keep him that way for the entire game. I think it starts to become a little bit more athleticism, a little bit more reactive, trying to keep pace, so they do put up points. But I think the Chiefs stay in a comfortable lead and win this one 31-24 as the Bills try to make it close in the fourth quarter. Chiefs fans, you've been defending world champions for 355 days. It's been a lot of fun. And I'm sitting here doing this podcast, and part of the reason I got so excited earlier is I don't want that to end. I don't want to wake up on Monday not being the reigning world champions. I've heard Maddie Lane say that 50 times on this podcast, on this podcast channel. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a phenomenal ride. And I don't want to forget that, but I I don't want anyone to forget what this feels like. I don't want to know anything different for a while. I know it's going to end at some point, but I'm not ready for it to end. I don't think it is. I think the Chiefs will be 365 days as the world defending world champions and more. I think they're getting to the Super Bowl. It's not going to be easy. The Bills are awesome. I love the Bills. I don't have any animosity towards Bill Ma- Bills Mafia. And if Bills Mafia comes out and wins, that's who I'm rooting for in the Super Bowl. But they're not. Because they don't have Patrick Mahomes. They traded out of their chance to have Patrick Mahomes. Your Kansas City Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl again. They're winning 35-30. They're getting Lamar Hunt's trophy again for the second straight year. And we're going to have a lot to talk about for the next two weeks because you will see the Kansas City Chiefs in Tampa. That's going to do it for the AP Laboratory Game Preview Edition. It will not be the last one that you will hear. We'll talk to you next week.